Finally, all the speculation and theory can be put to rest. Aaron Rodgers is back in the mix. Devontae Adams has been tagged. He'll also now be a part of this Green Bay Packer organization as we head into 2022. And March Madness is underway as college basketball heads into its most exciting time of the season. We're covering that and more coming up on the 414 Sports Podcast. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, or Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on. Glad to have you with us as we talk about what was major news in the NFL yesterday. And it started with and broke with the fact that Aaron Rodgers has reportedly agreed to return to the Green Bay Packers a four-year deal worth $200 million. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network is also reporting that $153 million of that $200 million is guaranteed, and what that does then is help the cap number go down. And with the cap number going down, the Packers were able to put the franchise tag on Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers back into the fold. Now, the story will be for Brian Gutekinds with the amount of money that you've paid Aaron Rodgers or will pay Aaron Rodgers with the franchise tag being placed on Devontae Adams at $9 million. How do you then go ahead and build a team where you have so much of your financials, your assets, involved in essentially two players. That That's really what it boils down to. And I don't even know if I'd put Devontae Adams in that. It's just really solely centering around the quarterback position. So we've spent how many months? It's been almost a year since the story broke that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay. Last April, in the midst of the draft, or just before the draft started, Aaron Rodgers, it's reported, wants out of Green Bay. And so we spent the entire draft wondering, would Aaron Rodgers be traded? Would he be going to Denver? Which is a story we'll get to in just a moment. Then we waited to see, would he show up for training camp? And then when he was at training camp, would he be all in? And then if we remember the first game due to... uh, due to the pandemic, was played down in Florida between the Packers and New Orleans, and the Packers look listless, lethargic, pathetic. And now everybody wants to know, hey, Aaron Rodgers, are you all in? And then the Packers go on that roll. 
And in the midst of going on that roll, we start to learn that Aaron Rodgers in the front office, they're mending fences. And by the time we got to the end of the regular season, the fences apparently were mended and things were heading in the right direction. And then we made our way to the playoffs. We had home field advantage and the 49ers came in on a cold, snowy night and you had to figure everything favored the home team. And once again, the Packers, eh, it's hard to say they laid an egg, but they kind of did. The offense looked brilliant in that first drive and then failed to show up afterwards. The special teams were horrific. We already There's no sense in belaboring that. The defense played great. The defense played remarkable. But special teams, again, horrific. Offense, non-existent. And the Packers are sent home once again without an opportunity to try to win a Super Bowl. So then we learn Aaron Rodgers is not disgruntled, disappointed, I guess is a better term to use in this situation where he thinks or says, I should say, I'll paraphrase, I need to think about this. I don't know what my future holds. And so then we start to speculate, right? Because we don't hear from Aaron Rodgers. We don't hear from his camp. Or the things that we hear from his camp, you always have to take with a grain of salt just like we did with the immunization, the vaccination, immunization, whatever, however, with the card, and I did, I didn't, the play on words. Aaron's a smart dude, and he loves to play on words. So what do we do? We speculate, will he stay? If he does stay, how are they going to afford him? If he goes, where is he going to go? Does he go to Denver? Does he go to Pittsburgh? Does he go to Tennessee? Just three teams that were being bantered about as possible destinations in a trade with regards to Aaron Rodgers. Or, and then, would he retire? Is he done with football? Has he had enough? Aaron said he would make sure that he would have his decision before, I'll call it franchise tag day, which was yesterday because he did not want to put the Packers in jeopardy. Like, they need to know my decision, we need to move forward, so forth and so on. But what happened? We sat and we waited and we waited and we waited. Well, finally, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, as we noted, made his decision that he'll come back to Green Bay. It's amazing, though. See, the play on words will come with this. It was reported that Aaron Rodgers was looking for $50 million a year, if you remember, about a week or two ago from ESPN. Aaron Rodgers, through Pat McAfee, comes out and says, that's just categorically false. There's no way I'm asking for that. Well, if the report now from Ian Rappaport is true, four years, $200 million, I don't pretend to be someone who got past maybe algebra in high school, but that comes to about $50 million a year. Now, what will happen in the mind of Aaron Rodgers is because $153 million of it is guaranteed and you 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 know pro, prorate the rest of the contract out over four years, it won't obviously then come to $50 million. That's That's the kind of wordplay we're going to get from Aaron Rodgers. But when all is said and done, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are now back in the mix. So it's going to be up to Brian Gutekinst and the others in that front office who crunch the numbers, especially when it comes to the cap, 
to make this work now heading into 2022. So it's amazing. We we were in the midst of, can we just trade him? We're tired of the drama. It's it's Brett Favre all over again. This is getting old. We got to sit and wait. We're being held hostage. All, all of that stuff went around. But now you start to hear with the numbers that Aaron got as far as his contract goes, now the fan base is wondering, well, should we have done like Seattle did, and we'll talk about that in just a quick sec, and just traded them and got everything that we could and begin this process of rebuilding. Or you start to hear with the kind of money that he's making, it's Super Bowl or bust. Don't don't give me the regular season anymore. The regular season wins are great. 15 and 2 is wonderful. 14 and 3 is terrific. But I don't need to have home field advantage throughout if it means we're not going to find ourselves in a Super Bowl. With this type of contract comes enormous responsibility. And Aaron Rodgers is going to start feeling that responsibility if he already hasn't once he puts pen to paper in that the fan base the organization now has put its faith in you, and it's all about the Super Bowl. And so we'll have to see how that all transpires moving forward because, again, when, you're, when you've got that kind of money, the fan base is not going to be as sympathetic when you have great regular seasons but can't do anything in the postseason. And the other thing, I hope that happens. Think back a couple of years ago with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I know we might be comparing apples and oranges when we're talking about basketball to football, but remember when the Milwaukee Bucks were all about the regular season, having the number one seed, having the best record in the NBA, and they would get to the postseason. They would do okay, but they never got to that championship series. And then a couple years ago, the mindset changed, and you saw it specifically last year. It's great you got to win some games. you got to win enough games, obviously, to get to the playoffs, and you've got to win enough games to be in that upper half, that one through four seed when we're talking about the NBA. And that's what the Bucks did, more worried about how they would perform in the postseason as opposed to being, we'll call it, regular season champs. And you're seeing it this year with the Bucks. The Bucks have pretty much cruised the first three quarters of this season. They're winning enough games to stay obviously relevant, to stay in that top four. And now over the last week, when you're beating teams like Phoenix and Miami and Charlotte, you're seeing how good this team can be when they want to turn it on. So for the Bucs, it almost seems like let's stay healthy. Once again, let's get in seeds one, two, three, or four, however the chips may fall. But then once postseason comes, That's when we're going to find our next gear. I almost feel like that's the way the Packers need to approach the upcoming season. Win your games. Yes, you play to win. I get all of that. But you don't need to have the number one seed. The Packers had the number one seed this past year, which we're all very aware of. Cold, snow, 49ers, Lambeau Field, and the Packers were non-existent. Opening drive for Green Bay was brilliant. The only time they found the end zone, that opening drive. We know the defense played miraculously. They were unbelievable, and we know how horrific the special teams were. But 
if you go back and watch that game, you also see how uncomfortable somebody like Aaron Rodgers appeared to be in the midst of all that cold. At the age of 38, maybe he wants to have a playoff game in Dallas or in L.A. or in Arizona where it's warm and he's more comfortable. Yes, as a fan, you would love to have a playoff game at home for you to fill the seats, to go bananas, and enjoy playoff football. But for a quarterback who's now worth $200 million, who's 38 years old, maybe some warm weather would do the joint some good in trying to get this team to another Super Bowl. So, again, storylines abound, but at least we can stop speculating and wondering and hearing all of the different variations with regards to those speculations as to whether or not Aaron Rodgers would or wouldn't be coming back. We now know he will be coming back. So now we can start looking forward to the upcoming season. And you know one of the questions on the table will be Jordan Love because Jordan Love's rookie contract will be coming up, I believe, after this season. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's after this season. Jordan Love's rookie contract will be up. And how do you or do you even think about resigning him he hasn't he hasn't played but a couple of games. So what do you do with Jordan Love? I honestly think his market value with the need of some other teams in the NFL is much higher than many others think, and I think now might be a good time, especially with a quarterback class coming out of this draft that is questionable to say the least. It, it might be it might be a good time to put Jordan Love on the market and see what you can get for him. And this is not a knock on Jordan Love. Jordan Love did not ask to be drafted in the manner and within the type of situation that evolved with his presence being in Green Bay. And quite honestly, if you can find a story about Jordan Love that is anything other than respectful and professional – Go ahead and send it to me. I, I would love to read it because the man has handled himself with a high level of class in the midst of all of the tumultuous that has taken place, the firestorm in and around that quarterback room. And so maybe it would be time for somebody like Jordan Love to to be traded someplace where he could get an opportunity to show his talents. We don't know what his talents are. We do know we've speculated the fact that with Aaron Rodgers teetering between retirement and wanting to be traded, if we go back however many years when we were in that same situation with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, the fact that we could push Brett Favre in essence out the door because you had confidence in what you had in Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not quite sure they have that same level of confidence yet in Jordan Love is the reason why They pursued Aaron Rodgers the way they did. So again, the whole Jordan Love aspect of this scenario will be a storyline worth watching moving forward. All right, enough with that. Let's slide over and talk a little bit about the other story of the day, and that was Russell Wilson. So we ended up talking, at least, or listening to, I should say, on the national level, the fact that... um, Aaron Rodgers signs, and you thought this was going to be the only thing people would be talking about, 
And then, what, 90 minutes after that news broke, the news broke that the Denver Broncos have traded to get Russell Wilson, which I think will will tell you in a roundabout way that Denver was one of those in play for Aaron Rodgers had the Packers wanted to trade. And that was one of the places everybody was speculating he would end up. But the fact that the package was, in essence, together, already there, that if Aaron Rodgers was going to stay put, here's where we go next. And we're taking that same package, so to speak, and now I'm just going to give Seattle a call. And Seattle picked up the phone and said, let's do it. So Seattle trades Russell Wilson to a Denver Bronco team. That was pretty loaded last year and was missing a quarterback. Denver's one of those teams that you kind of thought if they had a quarterback could really do some damage in the AFC. Well, they now have it in Russell Wilson. The Broncos give up quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and a fifth-round draft pick, and somehow a fourth-round pick gets thrown in the mix and even though it was a little bit sketchy in the way it's reported, I believe it's a fourth-round pick that is headed um, to the Broncos from Seattle, where Seattle, as I noted, was getting the players that I mentioned along with the two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. It was a little, um, it was a little questionable the way it was reported, but I think I think we've spelled it out pretty clearly here. So that's a big haul, and many people are comparing that haul to what happened when the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to Minnesota for a gazillion draft picks. And in those draft picks, they got Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman and obviously built what was one of the dynasties in football of the 1990s. Some people are going to equate what the trade that took place yesterday was in relation to that Cowboy-Viking trade. You'll have to wait and see because you don't know what Seattle is going to do. Will Seattle actually use those picks to draft and build and begin that rebuilding process and really tear the thing down and start from the ground up? Will they take those draft picks and trade them to somebody to get a veteran player? Who knows? Don't know what the organization is going to do. But I do know that with Russell Wilson going to Denver, Denver somebody now suddenly becomes a player in the AFC. So Kansas City, here we go. Denver, here we go. You have to think the Raiders are in the mix. The Chargers are in the mix. Buffalo is in the mix. And suddenly the AFC is one of the tougher conferences with regards to the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see over the weeks and months, well, especially over the next month, what Seattle does with the acquisition of all those picks and how they decide to move forward. So, again, a lot of football news. Got to stay on top of everything here, especially now with Aaron Rodgers being back into the fold and what will happen on the defensive side and you name it. We'll be looking at it and we'll be talking about it here in the next few weeks. All right, let's get to a break. On the other side of the break, it is the most wonderful time of the year because we're on the precipice of March Madness and we've got all the conference tournaments going on and we've already had an example and we'll play it at the end of the show uh, 
of what a buzzer beater in a one and done tournament is like and why it makes March Madness so exciting. So we'll get into college basketball here in just a sec. Let's get back into it and let's talk about March Madness. Specifically, let's talk about the Badgers and the Marquette Golden Eagles. And we'll start with Wisconsin. Wisconsin, who had a really ugly way to end the regular season. A disappointing 74-73 loss to Nebraska. A loss that not only caused them to not have the outright regular season Big Ten title, which they ended up sharing with Illinois as Illinois beat Iowa uh, a couple of hours later this past Sunday. But the big news coming out of the game was the fact that Johnny Davis, with 17 minutes and 32 seconds left, I mean, it's almost like you can benchmark the time right now when this took place, was the recipient of what ended up being a flagrant foul. And he ended up immediately going to the locker room. And the crazy thing was when the foul occurred and you see the arm crack him across the face, the first thing that came to mind was, did he get a broken nose? Is, you know, is the cheekbone got a fracture? Did he get a concussion? I mean, he hit, he got rocked hard. But then a different camera angle showing Johnny Davis head to the bench, you could see him visibly limping and limping all the way to the locker room. It got reported during the game that they closed the doors to the hallway that leads to the locker room, something that one reporter said they had never seen done in the course of a game at the Cole Center. But it was later reported that Johnny Davis suffered a right ankle sprain. Now, Coach Guard is optimistic that he'll be ready to go for the Big Ten tournament. Johnny Davis was wearing a walking boot walking out of the Cole Center on Sunday. Do you need the Big Ten tournament to verify your seed in March Madness in the NCAA tournament? I don't think you do. Right now, I think that Wisconsin is a solid number two seed. And they could win the Big Ten tournament, it wouldn't change it. They could lose the first game in the Big Ten tournament, it would not change it. I think right now their resume has been so solid with the number of quad one wins that they have. Granted, a loss to Nebraska at home was not optimal. But to me, the loss to Nebraska is what erased any chance they may have had at a number one seed. They beat Nebraska, and they make a nice run in the Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin, I thought, was on the verge of potentially, potentially again, getting a number one seed. With the loss, I think they solidified the fact that they will be a number two. So with all of that said, sit Johnny Davis. Don't put Johnny Davis on the floor. Don't risk further injury. Let that ankle heal. I don't know if, if he's if he's able to go, maybe he goes out for a minute or two just to get up and down the floor, get a little game game speed 
uh, as far as his rehabilitation goes with that ankle sprain. But I would not risk Johnny Davis for the Big Ten tournament. I'd play everybody else, roll the dice, see what happens. You got the number two seed. I actually think that works out into the favor of the Badgers because unless you make it to the championship, you don't have to deal with like Michigan and we don't have to deal with will the coaches go at each other? Will anybody shake hands? Will there be this kind of drama and that kind of drama? None of that now is going to exist with them falling into that number two seed and going to the other half of the bracket. There are some things that have fallen into place for this Badger team. And there are some other guys who have obviously stepped up with Johnny Davis in making this one of the more memorable Badger seasons we've seen in a long time. And with that, why would you jeopardize what could be a potential deep run for this Wisconsin Badger team? So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Greg Gard, Big Ten Coach of the Year, he obviously knows more about the game than I do. But I just don't think it's worth risking what could be a really special run for the Badgers by risking your Big Ten Player of the Year in Johnny Davis in that tournament. So we'll have to wait and see. And again, this is all headed for Sunday, right? On Sunday, we get our 64 teams. And that's the way I view it. I know the first round, you got the, I still call them playing games, but we're, I, I still say 64, 68 teams now, whatever the case may be, we figure out who's in the tournament on Sunday. And that's the fun of all of this. And the other team from our state that will find itself in the NCAA tournament this year is going to be the Marquette Golden Eagles. They get a win against St. John's at home to wrap up the Big E season of the regular season, shall we say. And so they beat St. John's 85-77, which was kind of a must. Marquette seems to be wooing a little bit down the stretch, and we've seen it time and time again under Steve Wojciechowski where the team looks tired by the end of the season. Now, the difference this year is the fact that if we go back in the schedule to the beginning of January, and it was something that we've talked about on the podcast, and it's something that we've talked about a lot when it comes to the Journey House College Sports Show, 1250 AM, The Fan, shameless plug, was the fact that you had a stretch of games where you played Providence, you were at Georgetown, you were home against DePaul, Seton Hall, Villanova, Xavier, Seton Hall, and you won all of those games. Then you lose to Providence on the road by two in a game, quite honestly, you could have won. Bounce back and beat Villanova. So you run that that stretch there where you go five and two against really, really quality opponents. They look tired. They lose to UConn, they lose to Butler, they get a nice win against Georgetown, but Georgetown is struggling this year. Then they look absolutely lethargic against DePaul on the road, but then bounce back against St. John's to wrap up again the regular season within the Big East. So now we get into the Big East tournament. They're going to play Thursday, 1.30. It's a quarterfinal game against Creighton. I firmly believe Marquette is in. 
what Marquette, though, is playing for, unlike Wisconsin, is a seed, a high seed, so to speak. Right now, if they lose to Creighton, I could see Marquette in an 8-9-10 seed. They've got great quad one wins that will be in their favor, but faltering down the stretch is not going to help, in my mind, the perception of the committee. A win against Creighton. Get into the semis of the Big East. You don't have to win the Big East. You don't even have to win the semi. Just get to the semis, and I think that locks you in to potentially a six seed, which would do them better than playing in that 8-9 matchup. So Marquette's got a little bit more as far as their conference tournament goes with regards to the eyes of the selection committee within the NCAA as opposed to Wisconsin. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see on Sunday how that all plays out, and we'll have to wait and see whether or not Greg Gard takes my advice and sits Johnny Davis in the Big Ten tournament and whether or not the Marquette Golden Eagles can take care of Creighton in the Big East quarterfinals. All right, let's wrap up today's podcast, and we'll do so with why March Madness is so special. We already have buzzer beaters in the books as far as conference tournaments go, and we'll play that one for you in just a moment. Let's wrap things up with a little March Madness, and we've already had some buzzer beaters, but there was a really good one the other night between Chattanooga and Furman, the SoCon Conference. It was one of those that will go down in the ages. It will be shown time and time again as we make our way through March on the highlight reels. It was in overtime that Furman would take a 63-61 lead. There's 3.6 seconds left, and here's the play-by-play courtesy of ESPN. 4.3 left. They're looking to decide they want a timeout. They're going to let him play. Gene Baptiste with one. He's it for the win. Oh! And that's how we'll close out the podcast today. It's what makes college basketball in the month of March so special. And your heart goes out to watching the kids from Furman just fall to the floor knowing that they were within literal seconds of going to the NCAA tournament and seeing a Hail Mary kind of go in from beyond the arc. But nonetheless, it's what makes college basketball so special here in the month of March. So as I said, that'll do it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Hit that subscribe and like button. We would sure appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Don Wachillis. Be good to one another. We'll talk to you soon.